Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Smashing the Ceiling with me, Naomi Mella. Whether you're in the car, on the train, doing the ironing, or anything else besides, thank you for joining me. I am really grateful to have you along for the ride. On this podcast, we love to showcase the lives of women who have achieved amazing things in their careers, those who've got a really cool or unusual job, and some who have just had a really interesting life. Each week, I sit down with one woman to dig a little deeper into the how of it all. How did they get where they are? How they pick themselves up when things didn't go right? And how their mentors, motivations and mistakes have led them to achieve the things they have. This week's episode is a little off-piste, but after the events of recent weeks, I wanted to talk to you all about taking on new challenges in life, whether that's at work or personally, and about achieving your thing. It doesn't really matter what your thing is, but if there's something new you want to go for, then this is the podcast episode for you. If you've listened to the podcast early on in this series where I told my own professional story, the episode was called The Voice Behind the Mic, if you want to find it. You'll know that last year I had a pretty big change in my life where I gave up a job that I really liked in an area where we had lots of friends. In order to move to a place in the UK where we knew nobody that's over four hours away from my family. My husband had a great job opportunity come up and as he had recently had a complete career change, that's a whole other story, we decided together that we would go for it and forge a new life in a new location. There's no doubt that it was hard at times. And although that that was the fifth time we've moved house since we've been together, we are now absolute pros at furniture removal. The practicalities are still always tricky. We lived apart for three months while I was trying to find a new job. And despite the fact that everyone within the industry was telling me there's a recruitment crisis in veterinary medicine, there didn't actually seem to be any jobs available in the area we were going to. And I ended up with several part-time jobs, one of which is in the corporate side of the equine world. This actually has suited me really well in the end, and the challenge of taking on something new has been a fun and exciting time. I love to learn, and things are constantly changing on the medical side of the veterinary profession. But what I've been learning since starting my own business, starting this podcast, and entering the corporate world, are skills I hadn't envisaged before. When you're a vet, you think you're only a vet, and you focus your attentions on keeping up with new clinical developments. More recently, I've been learning the areas of accounting, marketing, graphic design, and many others besides. But it was all very new. For the first time in over 10 years, the feeling of not being comfortable at work was upon me again, of not knowing what I was doing quite a lot of the time, and the necessity of self-education to avoid ignorance, an uncomfortable phenomenon I thought I'd left behind, was back. People kept asking me about my work and it felt odd to answer that I wasn't really settled, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do next and that I wasn't really sure where I was heading professionally at all. In the midst of all this and after I'd decided to start the podcast, I sought the help of a coach, Sarah Williams. Sarah runs the phenomenally successful Tough Girl podcast and is herself a very successful achiever of her own goals. She's an incredibly motivating person to spend time with, even virtual time, and she made me really think about what I wanted for myself, asking me to consider setting goals in my life. It's not something that had ever really occurred to me before, as I'm lucky that I've always been quite a self-motivated person that has aimed for the things I want. Become a vet, tick. Work overseas, tick. Establish my skills and become confident in what I'm doing, tick. But last year, I was all at sea professionally. 
I was just in a new place. I had no idea where my career was going. I was considering quitting the veterinary profession altogether and started to look at options within women's sport, management consultancy, and a few other areas. I explored a lot of options and ruled a lot of things out, but at that stage felt it was really difficult for me to set any formal career goals because I didn't really know what the hell I wanted to do. And this was really quite an alien situation for me. Coupled with that, in the veterinary profession, it's quite rare to have formal reviews where anyone actually sets any proper goals with you and subsequently follows them up. So this was a whole new ask for me. Nobody had ever really held me accountable for anything before, and I wasn't quite sure how I felt about it. I'm an innate people pleaser by nature, and when someone asks me to do something, I will always do it to the best of my ability. So thinking about some goals for myself was no different. When Sarah told me to do it, I did it. And the funny thing was, over the course of a few weeks, I became okay with my complete lack of professional drive at that stage, and instead I considered setting a personal goal for myself instead. I'd always wanted to enter the Jurassic Coast Challenge, a three marathons in three days event along the south coast of England, run by a company called VO2. I've competed in some of their events before over the past six or seven years and would often receive emails about this challenge. Every year I thought, I'd love to do that, but there was always some sort of excuse. I don't have time to train. I've had a niggle with my knee. I'm on call that weekend and I can't change it. I've just booked a holiday and I don't have the spare cash. Whatever it was, I was full of them. When I really sit down and think about it though, I was scared of failure. I would freely admit that I'm quite a competitive person. In fact, we're a competitive family. Board games at Christmas are interesting in our household, particularly when there's several known cheaters around, myself not included. But that side of me held me back in this case. I knew that if I entered this event, I would want to do well. And that if I failed to live up to my own expectations for myself, I wouldn't consider it a success. So I'd never entered. Each year, I'd thought about it. In fact, I'd even told a few people that I'd like to do it, but I'd never filled in the application form and paid the money. The first session I had with Sarah was in June last year, after a couple of months in my new home and while still finding my feet with work. I had a short-term contract doing another veterinary job, I was training in the corporate role, and as I mentioned, I was finding it really hard to define what I wanted to do in the upcoming 12 minutes, let alone 12 months. So we discussed personal goals. Maybe it would be easier to set one of those. Yes, I thought. I knew my husband would be sitting a big set of exams this spring, which would require a lot of study. And last year he was finishing his master's degree. So there was time for me to do something big myself while he was otherwise engaged with his books and his laptop. I mentioned the multi-marathon and Sarah asked me one question. What is holding you back from entering this event? And I gave her a one-word, honest answer. Fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of injury, fear I'd never even make it to the start line. But the weird thing was, once I'd defined all those fears and realised that none of them were insurmountable, the only thing holding me back from entering was nothing. Sarah and I were then due to meet a month later, during which time the first to-do on the top of my list was to enter the Jurassic Coast Ultra. I entered immediately before I lost my nerve and then started to work out what I needed to do next. So why am I telling you all of this today? Well, it's simple really. 
If you want to do things in life, sometimes you have to be brave. I find it really hard to accept, you may not, but sometimes the first time you do something, you may not be the best at it. In fact, you might not be very good at all and you may fail. But if you don't start something, you'll never go anywhere. The other key point here is that you're never ready either. Whether it's leaving your job, running a marathon, starting a business, having a baby, getting a dog, whatever. It could be anything that you're currently wrestling with. Let me just say that you are not alone in your internal struggles, whatever it is that you're grappling. There are plenty of people like you, whoever you are, filled with self-doubt and a lack of confidence in themselves to do the thing, whatever your thing is. So the first D in achieving the thing is definition. Define your thing. Write it down. Put it on a mood board. Tell someone else what your thing is and ask them to ask you about it next time you see or speak to them. Accountability is key in improving your performance in a lot of areas in life, and this is no exception. Once you've done this, the next step, D number two, is to dissect it. Breaking any large challenge or goal down into small, manageable areas will make it seem much more achievable. It seems easy to say, just leave your job, but that's actually really hard. What are you going to do next? How are you going to finance it? You need to think about these things. In my case, I wrote a list of what tasks I would need to achieve to complete the race and when I would need to do them. This ranged from making a training plan to purchasing the kit required to booking accommodation, finding a personal trainer, etc, etc. Back in August last year, the event seemed like a huge, intangible, distant monster that was completely removed from my day-to-day life. But by breaking it down into small chunks and being able to tick things off the list, it was made much more manageable. I also learned by doing this to seek the help of relevant people at relevant times in order to help me achieve my goal. Gabby Edlin mentioned several times during our chat a couple of weeks ago about how surprised she'd been that people were willing to give up their time to help others and how much she'd benefited from the wisdom that others had offered her on a range of subjects. Whatever you want to do in your life, I think this is so true. So don't be afraid to ask for help. People offered me really useful advice, pointed me in the direction of others, suggested books and podcasts to listen to, and were genuinely and generously interested in what I was doing. I found this incredibly humbling, and the more I spoke about the challenge to others, the more determined I became to complete it. Which leads to the third D, drive. I recently listened to an interview with an American man named David Goggins whose memoir, Can't Hurt Me, details his life as a US Navy SEAL and subsequently as an ultramarathon runner. This guy is insane, to the extent that he once held the world record for the most number of pull-ups done in 24 hours. Yes, really. Quite a lot of the interview I just spent saying to myself, he's mental, and I certainly would not want his life. But one thing David did say stuck in my head, which was about his dislike of the concept of motivation. His take on it was that you can watch as many motivational videos as you like on YouTube, listen to as many talks or read as many books as you can. But at the moment in which you are most physically or mentally challenged, you are often alone. And every Instagram motivational quote in the world is going to do absolutely jack shit for you. In that moment, the person you rely on is yourself, 
and what is required is personal drive. If you want to run a marathon, nobody else is going to lace up your trainers and do the miles for you. If you want to start your own business, nobody is going to write your business plan for you and present it to your investors. There are so many examples I could give here, but the bottom line is that you have to want your thing and you have to be determined to get there. However much you may want to achieve something though, as I said at the beginning, there will often be creeping doubts in your own head. So the fourth D of five is to ditch the doubt. During my seek advice from everyone I can phase before Christmas last year, I spoke to a friend who is very successful and discussed imposter syndrome with her in a little bit more depth. We're going to talk more about imposter syndrome in next month's career skills podcast, but suffice to say, I suffer with crippling doubt just as much as the next person from time to time. Generally, I'm quite a happy, positive person. I love life. I sleep well and I look after myself. And I find that that helps me to keep any negative thoughts and creeping doubts at bay. But make no mistake, there are nights when I lie awake. Insomnia is one of my things. And over the last six months, I worried about the possibility of injury, about whether my body was up to it, and if this was a good idea at all. (laughs) What I found really useful in calming my mind and ditching the doubts was developing skills of meditation and visualization. Neither of these were things I'd really tried before. I practice yoga from time to time, and there is an element of meditation associated with that. But I'd never used visualization techniques, either in a professional or personal personal capacity, to help with mindset. I used two YouTube videos, one of which was a hypnosis-based visualization and affirmation practice, specifically designed for runners and athletes. And the other was a daily five-minute meditation. If I'm completely honest, I thought it was all a bit bullshit when I started, and I wasn't sure that it was really for me. But I persisted, imagining the route daily, the sunshine on my face, feeling relaxed, happy and comfortable running long distances, the sound of the sea and the birds on the cliffs, my parents being there to greet me at the finish, and the elation I would experience at successfully crossing the finishing line. Over a period of time, I started to feel completely calm about the race, with a feeling of absolute certainty that I was going to complete and that I would do well. I only realised this in the run-up to the event, when people regularly started asking me how I was feeling about it all, and the first answer that came to mind was, great actually. There is now good scientific evidence that visualisation improves performance across a range of spheres, public speaking, job interviews, sports, etc., So if you get comfortable with visualising yourself smashing your thing out of the ballpark or driving the car you really want or earning the paycheck you've been after, you may feel like it's a bit woo-woo, but the data tells us that you're more likely to achieve what you're aiming for. Maybe give it a try if it's something that you might think could be useful for you. And the final D involved in achieving your thing is delight. You have to enjoy it, whatever it is. There is rarely a time when pouring your heart and soul, time, energy and money into something that you hate is ever going to be a positive move in your life. So when you're thinking about your next big goal, the new challenge you want to take on this year or what you want to achieve in life, consider what makes you happy. What makes you tick? I really hope that whatever you want to do, you can go out there and get it. 
I'd love to hear from you about your hopes and dreams for 2019. So DM them to me on Instagram or drop me an email at smashingtheceiling at gmail.com. And remember the five Ds. Define your thing. Dissect it down. Drive with determination. Ditch the doubts. And delight in whatever you're up to. That's it for today. But as ever, if you've got any comments, suggestions or feedback, do drop me a line as I love to hear from you. Please subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to leave us a nice review on your favorite podcast site as it helps others to find us. More importantly, if you enjoyed it, spread the word as word of mouth is still the most powerful form of advertising. You can follow us on Twitter at Smashing Ceiling and on Instagram at Smashing The Ceiling and we'll hopefully see you next time.